This is Indie 1023. I'm Alicia Sweeney, and I'm really excited for my next guest. Joining us in the performance studio is Biba Doobie. She'll be performing some songs. We'll chat about her new EP, our extended play, and it's all going down right here in the Indie Lounge. Hi, B. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great today. Welcome to Denver, Colorado. Thank you. Welcome back to the city. And I can't wait to talk about your artistic vision, finally being back on the road to play these new songs in front of an audience and so much more. But first, you're sitting here with an acoustic guitar. You're going to play us some stripped down tracks. Uh, What are we going to hear first? My song, Tired.
from the Indie Lounge. It's Biba Doobie. She's playing a stripped back set for us today, and I'm so grateful to be able to be chatting with her. That song is from the 2018 release called Patched Up. The song is Tired that you just shared with us. And it, it just strikes me as a song that, like, when things start to feel pointless in life or when, you know, you start questioning whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, I felt like you were really uh, leaning into that moment with writing that one. Yeah, I think it was, like, specifically it was about, like, mental health and how I was feeling. And I do this thing where every time I feel sad, I eat less. Like, it just kind of happens. I feel like I wrote Tired that thought in mind yeah I I that song really helped me through this last 20 months of the pandemic even though it was one that you wrote a few years ago but I'll revisit that song and I'll be like oh that one hits hard (laughs) yeah you know you are about two-thirds of the way through your tour across the U.S. you're here in Denver now with about seven more shows until you head back presumably to the UK Uh, how's it all been for you um, it's been good. It's been really fun. I've never done a headline tour in America, so it's been overwhelming at times, but in the best way. Um, yeah. I mean, how does it feel to hear audience members singing your songs in back to you? Accent. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only used to hearing it back in an English one. Yeah. So it's no, it's 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 really unexpected. I remember the the first show back. I was like, oh my god, people know me here. I didn't realize. I thought no one would come to the shows. If I'm being honest. Mm. So it's it was a surprise. Yeah, I bet it's been a surprise every night with packed houses. Yeah, <laughs> I've been watching clips of these tour dates online, and, and like you said, it was fun. And it seems like you are genuinely having a blast on stage. And I really feel like that translates to the audience, too, especially after this last rough patch of us all living through a global pandemic together. We all need to be in a room and to hear this music that uh, that makes us feel some sort of way. Can you feel that when you're looking at the audience on, on stage? Yeah, it's like a almost like a sigh of relief like oh my god thank god it's happening again I mean it's always it's quite strange because it's still everyone has to wear masks Mm -hmm. but and then there's a bit in the set where I'm like sing along and then you don't know if they are actually singing along and because you can't see their mouth well, as an audience member, I will tell you, I can hear we all are muffled and singing along at shows. <laughs> what has been a memorable show moment since touring the States over the last month or so? A memorable show moment. For the L.A. show, people were throwing loads of things on stage. My fault. There's, I have a song called Charlie Brown and the chorus just goes throw it away. So everyone was just throwing loads of things on stage, like their phones on stage. Um, so it was quite dangerous. And then I had to finish a TikTok on stage and I felt very Gen Z. They were like, finish the miso soup TikTok. And I finished it. That is the most Gen Z thing I think we're all going to hear today. Yeah. (laughs) I hear people are throwing condoms on stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Loads of condoms. Um, loads of red pandas. Just load, because as a sexual health, like little thing for my shows, so I think you get free condoms and everyone just throws them on stage, yeah. which I think is quite funny. Do you keep the little red pandas that people are throwing? Oh, yeah, I have. I have to ship the red pandas back separately because there's too much red pandas <laughs> I got on tour. 
I love it. I notice uh, with clips online, sometimes you've had like a dance party on stage, like during Last Day on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, I get everyone on stage. Um, like Black Star Kids, Christian Neve, who I've, they're, they're both on tour with me and they're amazing. And yeah, I get them on stage and my friends have been coming to some of the shows. So always try to get them on stage as well. It's always good fun. I love that. And Last Day on Earth, if, if I recall, that's your song that you wrote that's kind of like, imagine that the uh, the pandemic didn't happen or imagine that we just have this like one moment to revel in like how life would be. Oh, yeah. Last Day on Earth is almost like if if we knew the pandemic was going to happen, what would you do? Mm-hmm. So you just have a big, big old party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. A, a little bit more on this Our Extended Play EP before you uh, play us another track. Acoustically, if you're just joining us, uh, we have Beepa Doobie in the Indie Lounge. Our Extended Play was released in June. It's such a fun listen. You co-wrote this, uh, some of the songs with Matt Healy and George Daniel from the 1975. They also produced it. How did this collaboration go for you? It was really fun. It was, um, we were all isolating together on a farm and... It was a really lovely experience. It was probably one of the best musical experiences I've ever had. Mm. Um, We were just making music together on this farm with lots of dogs and just getting stoned. It was great. What were some of the snacks or food that you were eating? I need to get there with you. So much, so much snacks. Um, (laughs) Matty would, we called him (sighs) the pancake chef because he'd make really good crepes. And then usually we had catering, so we had like a cook to cook us food. But I'm annoyingly really picky. So Matty would always make me food. He made me a really good Spanish omelette one time. That I still think about to this day. So he's a good cook. He's an okay musician. (laughs) Just a little bit. And a great producer. I love that you were able to collaborate with them. Uh, you're going to play a, a song right now, mm. uh, a little song called Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when we come back, we got to talk about how this has been a wildly viral sensation for you. <laughs> Sweet. It's Biba Doobie in the Indie Lounge. <clears throat> Make me feel nice 
coffee with the light of mama shut the head We are back with Beba Doobie in the Indie Lounge, a little song called Coffee, released in 2017. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out some numbers to you, B. Over 85 million streams just on Spotify <sighs> at this point. And that's just the original single. And then one point, over 1.1 billion for the uh, Pao Fu version of the song as well. I didn't even realize insane how does that (laughs) what do you think when you hear that it's really weird it's if this is the first time i'm hearing the numbers bear in mind i like i have no idea um yeah i knew yeah it was it's weird it's very weird but i try not to think about it as much and like i can't i have a thing with numbers i can't i can't picture numbers and i can't picture how big a number is it's just a number so yeah. it's weird and cool, but, like, it's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people point out the nostalgia of the 90s in your music. Obviously, you talk about it as well. I personally can't get enough of it. How you take your inspiration of 90s alternative pop and rock and modernize it for you and your experience. Sometimes I can hear, like, the Cardigans or Letters to Cleo. What originally attracted you to that era as you taught yourself guitar? Well, it was kind of all I knew at the time. My mom showed me music, so I just kind of copied her, really. And she showed me the cardigans. She showed me the amazing female-led bands, the cranberries and whatnot. So it was all I knew, and I guess it just somehow just threaded its way with the way I write my music at times without me realizing and at times I like hear it hear a bit where I'm like okay I need to do the exact same thing (laughs) um but yeah do you listen to a lot of music now or because you play it professionally you don't as much I I love music I'm such a fangirl when it comes to music so yeah I listen to a lot of music I love that you wear your, your fangirlness of certain things on your sleeve. For instance, the 2019 single, I Wish I Was Stephen Malkmus. I mean, yeah. And you were able to dedicate that song to him. He showed up at a show, right? And he came again. He, I saw him again in Portland. What? With his family. His family is so lovely. Mm. I mean, that's one of those pinch me moments, right? Yeah. Oh, no, Definitely. I remember the first time I sang it to him, I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't fuck up. I have to, I have to sing really good. But yeah, no, it was just like, Pavement was like one of the first bands like I got properly, properly obsessed with. I mean, after, like a band band, like after the Beatles, I think. Yeah. It's like, Pavement. Yeah. Whether it's like 90s nostalgia or meeting idols like Stephen Malcolmus, tell me a a pinch me moment that's maybe been a highlight over this last year. And I say that knowing that, yeah, we've gone through the pandemic and you haven't left the house much. Because last year or so, um, I guess it's like being able to live my life through music. Like I, I got a place and that's probably like a big milestone for me and I never really felt very independent all my life so when I when I managed to get a place because of my music it felt really deserved and 
I feel really ready, so that made me really happy. And just being able to continue doing this and doing this job doesn't feel like a job at all. It's been lovely. I just appreciate kind of being able to continue yeah. all of this. Yeah, and you mean so much to so many people uh, musically and then just people who find you fascinating online. I know you're not a number person. You've got over 1.2 million followers on Instagram, over 10 million monthly listens on Spotify. Again, amazing. You know, I've read you say things like this all happened so fast and there's a lot of eyes on you. Yeah. Uh, again, not just with you as a musician and a songwriter, but your life on social media. How does that feel right now? Do you feel restrained or? It definitely feels weird. I'm definitely start. I've started to feel the eyes more so than before, and it's. I guess it's something you get used to. It's just worse when you're a girl. Yeah. So, it has been hard. Instagram's been strange. Lots of weirdos. I don't know, like, I just try not, I try not to think about it as much. But, yeah, it is really bizarre. I noticed uh, this week on Instagram you had posed for a magazine cover, right? And then it got taken off online. Yeah, that was ridiculous because (laughs) the double standards on Instagram are just, like, yeah. it's. I can go on and on about it and the amount of many other things that are on Instagram that are allowed to be seen and that just, no one gives a fuck off. Mm-hmm. But then, when it's a bit of boob, everyone goes crazy. It was artistic and gorgeous. Literally, like, it was the first time I ever felt, I'd never really felt confident in my body. And I did that shoot with my boyfriend and his best friend, Amir, who I work really closely with. And it was one of the first times I felt comfortable and happy in my skin. And I wanted, you know, to show it to the world. But, <laughs> I mean, it's on it's in stores, so right. people can go to a store and see it. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it's been annoying. A limited shelf life on Instagram and other yeah. socials. Mm-hmm. Well, you are going to play us another song right now. Yeah. We're going to hear Care. Do you want to set this up for us? <laughs> this is a special song. It is a special song. It was... This first song of Fake It Flowers, um, my debut album, and I remember writing it and knowing that it was going to be the first song. Mm. Sonically, it just showed the whole of Fake It Flowers and what I wanted the album to be. It's still one of my favourite songs to play live. And Fake It Flowers was an album meant to be played live, but COVID happened. So it is really rewarding playing it now and seeing the reception in person. Yeah. Well, let's hear it now. Stripped back in the Indie Lounge, Biba Doobie, here on Indie 
in the indie lounge with the song care i read one time that you called this a rock anthem to end a 90s movie such as 10 things i hate about you yeah i just kind of pictured it as like the credit scene or like just the bit where you know the guy gets the girl the girl gets the girl you know type of thing Mm -hmm. and everyone's happy what's been your favorite place where you've heard your music placed in a film or an ad or <laughs> this is funny, but I think coffee was for a Dunkin' Donuts ad one time. I thought that was pretty jokes. <laughs> I love that. So, what's next for you after tour? I finished a record, so just preparing for that, really, and relaxing, moving in, Christmas, and sleep. Yeah. I know over here in Denver on the radio here at Indy 1023, we're going to be playing your holiday song, Winter Wonderland. Sick. <laughs> Have you done any other holiday tracks or any other festive sort of things? Um, I think I did for a show one time. Me, my band and I did a cover of a Christmas song, but we made it really fast and loud. Um, I forget what song it was. And then I th- remember another time, it was usually for shows, Coffee, the first chord of coffee is the same, the same chord for, so this is Christmas. I mean, my friend Oscar, it was like one of my first, it was my first ever show. So everyone thought we were going to play coffee, like, oh my gosh, she's going to play coffee. It just came out, coffee just came out. And we just, we started singing that Christmas song. Oh, I love that. And yeah, it was, it was funny. How did, yeah, how did the audience react? They're like, oh my gosh, she's going to play coffee. No, she's not going to play coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are looking forward to just watching uh, you uh, continue to release music and to find success. Uh, 2022, I know you're going to be playing some festivals. I'm sure you're looking forward to, to that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is Indy 1023. It feels great to be in the studio with one of our most requested and beloved artists over the last few years, Biba Doobie. Again, wishing you continued success so much more. Thanks, B. Thanks for having me. The album, Our Extended Play, is out now. My name's Alicia Sweeney. Thanks to our music production crew, Irvin Coffey, Justin Peacock, Demi Harvey, for making our first session in 644 days one to remember. And again, one last shout out to Biba Doobie. (sighs) 